Hi, this is Randy Weber, and welcome back to the Entrepreneur Sound Off. Today's topic deals with career transition. Now, if you're not a veteran, please don't change the channel. And here's why. The military community is not the only people who experience transition. In fact, every professional does, at least once in their career. Everyone does. And in most cases, we face several transitions uh, during, during a normal career. And there's not much difference between a transition and looking for that next job opportunity or that career change. Or in the case that I'd like to, to share with you is entrepreneurship. It is completely different, you know, uh, from just keeping that same job and that transition what you're going to experience when you do these different things, you got to have the right kind of mindset. So the military community, uh, <laughs> they may have hijacked the term uh, transition because they probably have one of the most severe ones, but it's relevant to all of us. If you're a billable person, if you're an individual contributor, and now all of a sudden you're a manager or you're a team lead, Hey, that is a significant transition, completely different job description. If you're going from being on in operations to business development or to, to the corporate office, massive transition. And I'll even say this, any job change is a transition. You're going from one completely different culture to another one. When I was a younger, I guess uh, a younger founder or CEO, I discounted all that quote unquote culture crap. You know, that's just a bunch of BS. That's, that's too touchy feeling. Wow. <laughs> it is vitally important. You've got to fit in that culture. And when you're the founder of a company, you're the CEO, you're in a your senior leadership position, it's your responsibility to ensure that your organization has a culture that's welcoming and that uh, people who are trying to do the right things, trying to work hard, trying to get the job done, putting the customer first, all those different things that that culture not only accepts them, but supports them, enables them to do that. So what I'm going to do in this, this podcast is I'm going to kind of discuss the most severe one, which is the military transition and my experiences with that because I, I think there's a lot of uh, lessons that, that can be gleaned from that because I did a lot of things wrong. You've got to be willing to take that step and accept a transition to move forward in your career, to go after that dream job, to, to launch that company. You've got to be comfortable to change. And that's what transition is. It is change. So this right here is my experience with the military and my transition. Life in the military is tough. To survive this experience, you have to develop some no kidding intangibles to adapt and overcome. Being in uniform, you develop a strong work ethic, teamwork, more grit than you'll ever want to need, and leadership skills. These traits are tremendously valued in the job market. So, what's the problem transitioning from the military to the civilian job sector then? Well, here it is. Although the commercial sector loves these traits, they love profit even more. And the thing that impacts profitability the most is risk. Most civilian sector employers consider veterans to be risky hires. Now, before I get sued by some top tier company with a history of hiring a, a ton of veterans, allow me to explain my previous statement. 
employers consider veterans too risky for positions that are aligned with their years of experience and professional qualifications. However, they love their intangibles for entry-level positions. Here's my experience with this. I left active duty Navy after 10 years leading large engineering teams. As the chief engineer and, and engineering department head on a U.S. Navy warship, I was responsible for nearly every mechanical, electrical, and hydraulic piece of equipment on the ship. If we couldn't get underway, then it was most likely my fault. I had degrees in engineering and operations research from the Naval Academy and Naval Postgraduate School, respectively, and I was also a PMI certified project management professional. I thought that I was going to transition into a $100,000 a year executive position with significant leadership responsibilities. However, my expectations didn't materialize. As I started interviewing for jobs, I quickly realized why I didn't land my dream job. Had I ever managed profit and loss? No. The government doesn't turn a profit. Had I ever managed a product release? No. I managed a ship's propulsion system. What did I know about the position's relevant industry best practices? Absolutely nothing. I knew the Navy way to do things. After a few of these embarrassing interviews, I realized that I wasn't competitive against my civilian counterparts for the jobs that I really wanted. My civilian competitors for corporate management positions had recognizable degrees from programs that specialized in their industry, direct experience in things like managing a product's release and its associated profit and loss. Plus, they were presently employed by a well-respected competitor in the industry. I didn't have a chance for this type of job. However, with my 10 years of management experience and highly sought after intangibles, they loved me for entry-level positions. Without question, the entry-level position landmine is the most common one faced by transitioning military. So how do you avoid it? Well, it's not easy, but here are a few tips to improve your probability of success landing your dream job out of the service. The overarching strategy to avoid the entry-level position landmine is to make your resume look as much as possible like your civilian competitor's resume. But let's face it, you're not going to be able to fully achieve this while in uniform. But you can soften the edges of distinction between your resume and theirs. First, obtain education from non-service affiliated schools. While you're transitioning, all of your experience will be military related. Ensure that your education isn't as well. This shouldn't be too difficult with the number of college and university programs offered online. Second, attain professional certifications. Trust me, this can be the great equalizer on your resume. Professional certifications validate your knowledge in a specific professional community. This is very doable if you're hoping to pursue a career in an IT field, but it's not impossible to do in other fields as well. For example, if you're in the personnel mission area in the military and want to transition to an HR manager position as a civilian, then pursue the PHR, the Professional Human Resources Management Certification. And what management job application could not benefit from having the PMI certified project management professional certification on it? Next, translate your military experience and job titles into civilian terms and quantify your experience as much as possible. Hiring managers love numbers, and don't forget to focus on organizational terms such as financial, logistics, and personnel. Don't be the personnel officer at an organization, be the senior personnel manager. Finally, lose the military jargon. I recently saw a transitioning senior officer's resume that read like a promotion board record. 
Civilians don't give out medals. They give bonuses and pay raises. So these resume bullets just make you look like G.I. Joe. And the more you look like G.I. Joe, the less you look like their next vice president of logistics. The next major employment category for veterans is staying in the military mission area. After my embarrassing interviews for civilian sector positions, I turned my job search to defense contracting where they had massive budgets and numerous job opportunities. Plus, my military experiences and qualifications were directly relevant, current, and needed. So everything is perfect, right? Um, no. <laughs> this is where I learned real-world economics. The problem with defense contracting jobs is that they're located at places where there's a flux of departing veterans who are desperately looking for their first civilian job. For the most part, these folks had similar qualifications as me. Without turning this webinar into an economics lecture, allow me to summarize my situation. With so many veterans living near these defense contracting jobs and even more transitioning and retiring military folks joining the job market every day, employers would simply continue to interview qualified candidates until they found one that would accept their lowball offer. Here's the bottom line. I was a commodity in this industry and underpaid for my qualifications. Admittedly, this is a difficult landmine to avoid. Why? Because your resume needs to stand out in an organization, the military, that stresses standardization. Although this may be difficult because you're depending largely upon orders to differentiate yourself, it can still be done. Here's how. Research your last assignment to find opportunities to put yourself in high demand situations. For example, see quarters that require polygraph security clearances. In Washington, D.C., metropolitan area, a security clearance is worth as much as a graduate degree. This is not hyperbole. That's a fact. A top secret clearance requiring a counter intelligence or lifestyle polygraph is incredibly valuable. Here's a real example of how valuable one of these clearances can be. My company won a contract in the Intel community providing administrative support. As I transitioned this contract, I was stunned to learn that several of the incumbent employees possessing only a high school diploma, Microsoft Office skills, and a polygraph security clearance were making $100,000 a year. Finally, and again, obtain professional certifications. In many cases, the government lists the PMP certification as preferred or required for proposed key personnel. The last landmine to avoid is the honey trap or Rolodex prostitute. <laughs> Allow me to explain what that is. This landmine is laid for senior enlisted and officers leaving the military from quote unquote target markets. These highly qualified folks are recruited by swanky consulting firms for good paying executive positions in their corporate office. These folks are hired so their employer can exploit their relationships for access. After burning their network of colleagues through pressured introductions and sales pitches, the company fires them almost immediately after squeezing the Rolodex dry. This whole process typically takes less than 18 months. In addition to being unemployed, here's the real issue. These vets are now damaged goods with a termination on their last job, making it look like they couldn't effectively transition to civilian life. So how do you avoid this honey trap? First, Never accept a purely overhead job when you don't know how to do business development. Regardless of the title, everybody in the corporate office is involved with sales. Everybody. 
here's a good rule of thumb. When you're not directly supporting a customer, then your job is to find the next one. There's absolutely nothing wrong with that statement either. Being in the corporate office is a high reward opportunity that eliminates any ceiling to your earning potential. But you have to know how to perform in the corporate office first. And since you're on overhead, your employer is rather impatient for results. This is not the first job out of the military that you want to have. Bottom line, never accept a purely overhead job until you've learned how to grow the company in your respective industry. There are tons of jobs that are hybrids of customer support and business development. One of the best jobs in the government contracting industry to learn the skills is program management. Fortunately, I didn't transition from the military from a quote-unquote target market, so I avoided becoming a Rolodex prostitute. However, here's the catch-22 dilemma that I did face. In the contracting industry, my military credentials were valued but not unique, so I was commoditized and underpaid. For commercial sector jobs, away from military installations, my military credentials were unique and valued, but considered mostly irrelevant for the job description and therefore too risky for every type of job but entry-level positions. I simply couldn't compete with my civilian counterparts who had years of directly relevant experience. So, this is what I recommend for veterans who are in a similar Catch-22 dilemma. Turn this problem on its ear. Change the battlefield to give you the competitive advantage over your civilian competitors. Here's how. The federal government has trillion-dollar annual budgets, with the Defense Department taking the lion's share. This is one of the absolute best industries for first-time entrepreneurs. Now, let's reassess your competitiveness against your civilian counterparts as an entrepreneur. With your military experience, you possess a clear and very significant advantage over nearly every other type of aspiring entrepreneur pursuing this gazillion-dollar market. Things that you take for granted and don't even consider as quote-unquote knowledge put you light years ahead of your civilian entrepreneurs in this industry. Simple things like knowing the rank structure and how to address people, understanding the culture and the mindset of your potential customers. As a veteran, you walk into the room with a certain amount of credibility, assume knowledge, and vitally important intangibles. You get it. Your civilian counterparts, no matter how bright they may be, they will never fully understand the military culture. So here's the bottom line. Fight the battles where you have the advantage, not the ones where your competitors do. Besides, the payoff for winning this battle, the battle to succeed as a veteran-owned small business in the federal government contracting industry, can be orders of magnitude greater than simply winning a job offer over your civilian counterpart.